Hi, my name is Bob Brooks, host and moderator of Long in the Tooth. This is a podcast primarily for late career dentists who are interested in doing a great job with their practices currently and also in planning for a transition of their practices to new ownership in the future. Our vision for the podcast is to be an educational format, not salesy at all. If you have been directed to join this podcast by a member of the dental industry in the United States, please thank them. This is going to benefit you. These are educational presentations that will hopefully help your profitability, your peace of mind, and your planning for the future as you are considering transitioning your practice to new ownership. Hi, this is Bob Brooks with Long in the Tooth podcast once again. We're pleased that you could join us. And our special guest again today is Genevieve Poppy. And Genevieve is out of Madison, Wisconsin, but she works with dentists all around the United States and speaks all around the United States. She's done everything from be a dental assistant to owning a practice herself. She generally works with about 12 practices at a time. Genevieve, we're happy to have you with us today welcome thank you for having me again it's my pleasure yeah i think our first experience working together was when you and a couple uh, colleagues in the dental industry were planning to come to ohio and speak to a group that we were a part of and uh, the other two individuals couldn't make it and you through great difficulty were able to make it got hardly any sleep and you you pulled off an eight eight hour presentation for us to cover for the other two individuals so uh, wow, the things we, we, we couldn't do. thank you enough no, it that was day. Actually, it was such an easy group. It was such a nice group of people. It was. It, it ultimately wound up being um, really easy and really fun to do. Good, good. Well, I'm so glad that worked out. Well, our topic today is creating accountability in systems and in communication. Mm-hmm. So, Share with us how share with us the importance of accountability in practice success, if you would, please. Oh, well, I, I think it's critical to reach your true success potential. A lot of dental offices are moderately successful despite a lot of weaknesses. And those that really meet their full potential have the differentiation of accountability at the ownership and leadership level, but also accountability at their team level. And it's um, given the personalities that tend to run deeply in the world of dentistry, the concept of holding people accountable and uh, directly communicating about performance is very uncomfortable uh, in the dental world. Well, I can see how that would be so. Is there a system that can help create accountability? Uh, there, there is. I mean, of course, any system, right, is better than no system. The system that I that I've come to really love and implement and, and use with my clients is called the Entrepreneurial Operating System, or EOS. It's not a system I invented. It wasn't invented for dentistry. It's outlined in the book Traction by Gina Wickman, and um, it's something that I came across several years ago and felt like it was just the perfect solution for. Um, the hamster wheel that I felt like I was on as a consultant with a lot of my clients, let alone my poor clients being on, on a hamster wheel. So I was a great resource and was constantly helping them put out fires, but I was never really getting them off their dependence on me. And 
one, that wasn't super enjoyable as a consultant for me. And two, it, I didn't really feel like I was ultimately helping them. So when I began implementing EOS, I'm actually an EOS implementer. I've done training to implement this system with wow. offices. Um, it was it was really revolutionary, not only in the practices that I was working with and in their results, but also in my ability to help more people in that my, my clients didn't have a long-term dependence on me. I was able to graduate them, if you will, which is, you know, my personally my goal when I work with clients. Right. Well, that that uh, that's probably music to the ears of a lot of practice owners that have gotten into long-term contracts and you know practice management contracts, and you wonder after a few years, it's like uh, what additional benefit is that practice manager bringing to the table, and why is the practice owner still dependent on them? So I think, you know, if I was a practice owner, I would feel like, wow, you know, if I could learn what I needed to learn, and then not become dependent on you or somebody who did that, what you do, that that would be an ideal situation. Yeah, it, it, I, that, and that's what I love about it. You know, I've experienced myself learning something in, a, in another uh, realm, uh, like in, for my example, in my experience, I learned a lot about general business brokerage and uh, transition planning with general businesses because there wasn't any niche information available for dental. And I was able to apply a lot of what I learned in general business to dental. And I see that you've done the same thing with EOS. Could you tell us the name of the uh, the book and the author once again? Sure. The book is called Traction by Gino Wickman. And there is there is another book called Traction. So you want the one that's by Gino Wickman. Okay. Um, I also have copies of it if you want to um, message or email me at the end. I'm happy to get okay. one out to people. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 a great system and it applies itself beautifully to dentistry. Okay. So the book that's named Traction that has pictures of John Deere tractors on the front, that's not the one. That is not the one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's by Gino. That's the one. Yes. You want. Gino Wickman. Okay. So what tools are available to drive accountability? So uh, there's so many. There's a tool, EOS toolbox within the system. The, the basic outcomes or objectives of of traction are are three things. One, to have a vision that's clear and understood at the whole organization. Um, two is to have what we call traction, where meaning when you look around, people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> and that's unfortunately not always the case in a dental office, frequently, specifically not the case. Um, and also to build a healthy culture, a healthy environment where we can communicate about issues, solve them collectively, and really focus on measurables and results. So the tools that sort of help get them get a, get them there, um, there's a whole toolbox, but there's a handful of them that are really um, the initial game changers in getting that traction element in place. Because frankly, if you don't have even a basic level of accountability in your organization, having a big vision means nothing. You can have a beautiful mission statement you know, printed and hanging in your break room. But if nobody's doing what they're supposed to be doing in the name of that vision, it means nothing. And so some of the early tools that we implement um, when rolling out EOS are a, a meeting pulse. So a weekly meeting, actually, not a monthly meeting, where we review a small set of numbers on a scorecard. Um, some people might call that KPIs, but it's 
it's a different way to look at numbers and it's a different way to communicate in a meeting pulse. So it teaches our teams to be uh, proactive and actually take action from their numbers rather than just look at them in a reporting standpoint. So very often in dentistry, what happens is it's the 9th, 10th, 11th of the month, and then we print the numbers from the month before, and we look at the numbers and we realize we missed our target, and that's the first time we're aware of it. Now we're 10, 11 days into the next month, and we've made zero moves, zero changes to course correct, and we don't have a meeting scheduled for another month. And so that's just the common case over and over again. Like somebody does the numbers, but all it is is a reporting. And they're not good at even understanding, identifying and understanding the actions they need to take to course correct. And when you can teach a team to course correct, and then it's so much easier to make up $5,000, you know, in a month than it is $15,000 in a quarter, you know, um, it's really powerful and it gets, it gets teams really proactive and really in problem solving mode. And being able to communicate about those numbers in a way that isn't personal and doesn't hurt people's feelings is, is the other beauty of having a frequent meeting that has an agenda, that has a purpose that everybody understands and agrees to. And that's the level 10 meeting that's outlined in the book. I see. Well, it sounds like those um, uh, tools are, are fairly tangible. I mean, it's not, it's not really subjective. It's uh, very objective. Absolutely. And, and that is, I think, what's brilliant about it for um, dental offices is that, you know, a lot of us come up with a technical background and then eventually make it to a management or leadership level. But they don't really have the tools. The dentists themselves, the office managers, they weren't brought up through management and leadership training. They were brought up through understanding their trade and their role. And so when you can give them a handful of tools that facilitate communication and teach them to problem solve, you can make very effective managers out of people who don't necessarily come from that background. Good. So um, what is the impact of accountability on team morale? Is it hard to start holding people accountable? Do you get a lot of pushback? Is there a lot of fear in the eyes of the staff members when you start in on these projects? And uh, that that you're involved with, and then what's it like at you know when when you see the success that you've experienced? Right. Well, ultimately, people like to operate in in an environment of accountability where everybody's held accountable. Um, very often, team morale and frankly, office culture declines over time because there's a handful of people that we just don't touch. They operate by their own set of rules. The doctor is viewed as passive or apathetic about the poor behavior or poor performance of one or two people. And what happens is anybody that's a great performer will leave or lower their own performance. Those are the only two options. You can't long-term maintain a couple of rock stars in the presence of a few people that just bare, do the bare minimum. And so um, you'll either lose good people or you will just turn good people into low performers. And so, I mean, it's really critical if you want a high performance team. Is there initially pushback when you implement it? Of course, you know, when you uh, take a team of people that have been allowed to do whatever they want forever, and then you ask them to perform to a certain level of expectation, there can be pushback. Um, and frankly, if you're clear about where you're going and you've decided what the rules are, and you can measure that a person's performance isn't meeting those expectations and they're unwilling to change it, 
it becomes easier to make team changes. It feels less personal to the managers. Um, but also I will tell you that just like um, calling in super nanny, right? Initially, kids don't like it, but eventually they're much happier. And not to say our teams are like kids, but the parallels between good management and good parenting are actually very similar. And so uh, there might be pushback, but it's worth it. And it's also not as um, aggressive as it might seem because it comes through consistent, regular communication about an agreed to set of numbers. Um, people can kind of come around to getting on board with where we're all headed without it feeling too personal. Well, Genevieve, how do you help dental teams care about the numbers? Right. And this is a loaded question in dentistry because unfortunately dental teams have a, sometimes the dentists themselves have a significant resistance to talking numbers or being a numbers driven practice that's become like a naughty word, you know, which is really kind of silly because no other business on the planet would say the number, we don't want to focus on our numbers, right? That's not very smart business practice. Um, but I think a, a big part of the hurdle is understanding which numbers we're going to pick to take a look at. What are the indicators that we're on track and headed in a healthy direction? Um, and what those numbers mean, right? So helping to set the stage for our teams that these numbers mean these are the number of patients we've impacted. These are the number of teeth we've saved. These are the number of people that we've saved from gum disease. These are the number of people that we've prevented a cavity on. You know, these are the number of people that we helped move forward in their dental care. And if you can shift the idea of numbers to impact instead of just a measure of money, I think that's very helpful. I think the other way to help people see, care about numbers is to show them um, in a trending pattern. So a lot of times uh, patients or team members will see just the numbers of just this week and they never see them sort of side by side or recognize any sort of trend or have any ability to correlate how one number impacts another number. And so in that EOS scorecard, we, we show a quarter at a time. So you, you can start to paint the picture for your team, you know, how much one thing affects another and in what time frame. And you'd be surprised that when you empower teams and you're very transparent in sharing numbers, they come to care about them and feel responsible to them. And they want to see them be green, not red. You know, they, they care about getting to that goal because it feels like they're contributing to that success. And so um, it's shifting the way we frame it, but also just being brave and confident that um, your team will care about it and that we don't need to hide it from them. Um, and we can't expect them to have ownership in something that they don't know anything about. And if they don't get to the point of caring about that, you know, they might not be the right person for your team. This is uh, one little aside in my last question of this segment. Do you find a difference in the acceptance of accountability and, and making changes uh, to differ between young staff members versus, uh, you know, staff members in their 50s or 60s? Uh, surely, yeah. And, and not necessarily like you would think. Um, I find that younger team members are maybe a little bit more sensitive about being held accountable to performance, right? So they often come from a generation of kids that never lost, right? They never failed at anything. And so sometimes being held accountable to a performance result to them is more sensitive than it should be. 
but it is real to them, right? If that's really how they are and you have to manage how you communicate that to them. Uh, on the more experienced side, certainly you can get a lot of resistance there um, because people who've been doing something one way or their way or have been left alone for a long time to, to do things their way can struggle with feeling like a new way makes their old way wrong. And they don't, nobody likes to be wrong, you know what I mean? And so um, it's important to me that I help um, more experienced team members understand that a new way doesn't mean the old way was wrong. It just means we're charting a new way, a, a better way for us now. And, you know, I try to remind them of the, the no better, do better mindset, right? We, we did then what we knew how to do. Now that we know better, we do better. And it, it's important on both sides to help them navigate early on with some understanding and sensitivity of their own perspectives, um, a, a shift to that type of a culture. It, it does seem like change is difficult uh, many times, even when those who will be affected by change know that when the change occurs that they'll be better off, but they're so satisfied, they're so much more comfortable with keeping things the status quo, it's sometimes difficult for them to make those changes. So um, I know exactly what you're speaking of. Well, you see that all the time in transition, right? We see team members that will just cling to the old way and even though, and, and sometimes quit, right? Even though that means they're going to have to do it a new way in a new office, they just cannot move to that change where they are. Sometimes people get stuck. Um, but, you know, being able to build in consist an opportunity for consistent communication and, and a clear path of where we're headed really can help it doesn't eliminate it, but it can really help it uh, be mitigated through through better communication. Yeah, managing uh, people's expectations is huge. And we see in practice transitions when staff members are concerned about what the situation is going to be with the new owner of the practice, you know, the practice owner is more dependent on them than they can imagine. Because if the seller is leaving, uh, the patient's best connection is with the staff. So the, the practice buyers really need the staff members to stay on. And many times the young dentists uh, will hopefully be implementing some things that the staff members will find to be uh, very, uh, very worthwhile. And, uh, and they'll, they'll get along great with it. And it's, just the, it's just the fear of the unknown. And, and if there are staff members that quit when they find out a practice is being sold, which happens rarely, but those are generally the staff members that maybe are underperforming or, or aren't doing well, or they were going to leave the practice anyway. Generally, the the uh, the superstars are going to stick around. So that that's generally what we've seen. Genevieve, we really appreciate you joining us for this episode today. And could you share your contact information with our listeners? Absolutely. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, you can find my contact details on my website or schedule a call with me there. My website is poppypracticemanagement.com and poppy is P-O-P-P-E. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. There are not too many Genevieve poppies out there. Good. Thank you, Genevieve. See you at the next episode. 